0: Welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Hello, and thank you for taking the time to join us on today. Special welcome to those of you, as always, who are joining us for the first time. We're continuing this week in a sequence of potpourri segments that I'm labeling as the extremely meddlesome episodes (laughs) uh, with a subtopic of, weren't we already doing that? And I, I I ended up getting a little long-winded on the one topic last week. So I thought that uh, I should take my time and, and space these out. I was going to wrap up this week by covering another two topics. But you know what? I'm going to take my time this week again. It might be a little shorter than what we normally do, but that's okay. Uh, I just want to spend some time focusing on this one topic. So we'll dedicate at least the first two segments to a topic on their own, uh, and we'll probably cover multiple topics in the following segment. But uh, this week, we're going to focus on another new topic. Last week, we talked about design thinking. And and someone made a really great point. Uh, Somebody I, I, I respect a great deal made a point and said that when, just to sort of touch on design thinking again, um, someone that I that I trust and, and regard made a great statement and they said that it was great that somebody took the time to brand what we do from a user experience perspective and by calling it design thinking and sort of presenting it in a way that got people to think about it a little bit differently. I can respect that. I, I understand that. I get it. Uh, the The problem I have is that the people who took the time to to do that, were they really branding it? Were they really trying to do us a favor? I I say no. Did some people end up digesting it that way? Yeah, there's always somebody that's going to take something in a very constructive way. But the problem is not them. The The problem is not the people who get it and the people who can navigate already and the people who are mature enough to deal with it. It's the people who who don't know and who who got sold on design thinking as if it was something new when design thinking was already taking something that we already knew something we were already doing, repackaging it and then putting it out there. as Something is new, basically giving people Kool-Aid and taking people down a cognitive road that they shouldn't have gone down. They should have known, Hey, it based on what the person was saying, if somebody had done that, we wouldn't have all the fallout that we're having. Hey, you know what? We want to present it this way. We're calling it design thinking and we're taking the same things we were already doing, but we're just trying to present it this way to get people to see it a little better. But that's not what they were doing. Matter of fact, the people who came up with design thinking or who who were packaging it and selling it in the U S community because design thinking actually it's history goes back well before UX became a thing, truth be told. And when they did it, they did it in a way where it was so they could take it, package it, and sell it. So they were doing it for their own benefit. They didn't care about the discipline. They didn't care about the impact on the discipline. They didn't care about the impact on new people to the discipline. They were doing it for their own selfish reasons, quite frankly. And and so for that reason, I, I stand against it. Um, I mean – and in and, and truth be told, UX was branding. It, I, I I think a lot of us need to spend more time trying to educate people on what UX is instead of always trying to do something else newfangled with it, help people to understand what it is. And a lot of us can't explain what it is because we don't know what it is. If you take the time, is it tough to explain UX? It can be. And sometimes, yeah, it is. It depends on who the audience is, but if you take the time to understand it, and come up with a better strategy that doesn't dismantle it while you're presenting it, then that's something that's going to pan out in everyone's best interest. So that's what I challenge folks to do. As a person who's loud and who's sharing these things today and, and trying to fight for the well-being of the discipline, that's my recommendation. Let, let's fight for it. Let's describe it. Let's, let's learn how to define it. Let's learn how to explain it. Let's learn how to educate people about it the right way instead of trying to find something that basically dumbs it down and turns it into something that it's not. And and something else that happened with design thinking is not only do some people displace UX by way of design thinking, they think that other people can do our jobs, which they cannot. So it's really sad, and we need to do something about all of these things that were brought up that are actually making things worse for us instead of making things better. So that's it. just to recap what we talked about last week a little bit more, moving on to this week's topic we want to cover, we want to talk about research. And uh, research, the reason that I bring it up is because there are people in the marketing community who see people doing UX research, and I've heard them say it, I've had them say it to me and my peers. I've heard people fuss about this and argue about it. And they say that UX research, UX researchers in particular, are basically, they're saying that, hey, weren't we already doing that? And they think that what we're doing as UX researchers is actually market research under a different name. No, <laughs> that, is, that is not the case. At all. I mean, think about it. When it comes to UX research, do you see anybody or, or market research? I'm sorry. When you see people doing and talking about market research, are they evaluating cognitive load? No, they're not. Are they measuring time to task? No, they're not. Are they looking at cognitive walkthroughs and and conducting interviews to understand the, the details and the task analyses and how people are actually doing the work and using a product or solution or a service? No, they're not. When they try to, they're actually not. All you have to do is get a real UX person in there to see what they're doing and you recognize it. they may say they are, but they're not. Are they doing diary studies to get a very granular understanding of how people are using the product, solution, or service? No, they're not. Are they doing heuristic evaluations? And we're not talking about what they're claiming to do. Let, let's let's throw that out because people will say they're doing something in a heartbeat, but they're really not. Are they doing a heuristic evaluation? No, no, they they are not. Even marketing personas are different than than user experience personas. They serve different purposes. I respect and embrace my marketing peers. Let's let's get that on the record. I know, and I talk about some of my, I'm, I'm so happy that I've worked with fantastic marketing people today. I have worked with hellish marketing people in the past, many of them who, who actually try to commandeer what's happening from a user experience perspective. And they're the ones that think that we're already doing that when the truth is we're doing different things. AnswerLab, a resource that I also respect and, and have seen do some fantastic things, in the world of user experience, they are a firm that focuses on user experience research, at least for the most part. And they did a fantastic article. I'm not even gonna to try to recreate part of this today. I've said a lot of my piece already. The the Answer Lab, they have a fantastic article that's out there that explains the difference in great detail, the difference between market research and UX research. And I'm just gonna cover some of this. Right now and throw my two cents in here and there. They say, Answer Lab says in market research, the questions that they're asking, they usually stem from any team focused on trying to make business decisions related to the brand, its product, or its service offerings, its mission. And these teams ask questions to understand consumer purchase behaviors, ensuring business strategies are intact and competitiveness is maintained in the industry. Here are some of their example questions. Again, this is coming from AnswerLab. This is not me. This is me endorsing and embracing what AnswerLab said. I'm going to go out there, find the article. I'm going to share it on social media here in the, in the, in the coming week or so. It's fantastic stuff. Uh, questions they ask on the market side. What demographic targets and market niches hold the most sales potential? What impact does an advertising campaign have on the audience's brand perceptions and purchase interest? How does the target audience feel about the brand's overall mission? Guess what UX doesn't care about? We don't care about any of these things. This is what the market people or marketing people focus on. They go on to say UX research explores the optimization of product design and interaction. So whereas market research often focuses more broadly on the sales of a product or service, UX research narrows in on how people engage and interact with the products or services. In most cases, again, this is Answer Lab, UX research is geared towards solutions-based insights because it stems from the idea that there is a problem to be identified, solved for, and or prevented. Here are some example questions. How do people use or interact with the product on a daily basis? Ding, yes. What frustrations or delights do they have? Ding, How do product features impact the user's ability to effectively complete a task? Ding, 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 ding. How will users feel about a redesign of a product or service? And what are the key things that we should be watching out for? How will they perceive it? How will it impact what they're doing? I'm adding my two cents in on that particular one. These are the types of things that we do. What groups of people use the product differently or have different expectations than others? Ding, 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 ding this is what we do folks what current solutions and behaviors exist that unearth the white space for new product development where can we identify opportunities to make things better and I'll throw my my equation in on this I say it all the time CX plus UX equals bX and a lot of these things the a lot of things that marketing folks do are tied more onto the CX side of the experience spectrum, and we focus on when people are actually touching and using and engaging, whereas CX deals with what I call the bookends around user experience. CX is bigger than us. CX is bigger than UX. CX predates UX. Interestingly, when, when UX first rolled out, people actually, they coined the phrase experience design. That didn't catch on. People included us with CX, That didn't catch on, and and we ended up being separated from it, especially when with the advent of all the things that were happening in the digital world. So market research is completely different than user experience, and and it is critical for those that are in user experience and for those in, in marketing to understand we each have a lane to operate in, We supplement one another. We can use data from both sides to help drive what we're doing, to help inform what we're doing, to help drive strategies for what we're doing. But we're not the same. We need to respect one another. We need to work well with one another. I I told a story on a previous episode once about one of my first probably real uh, longitudinal experiences with, with marketing. When I was working for Comerica Bank, and we worked hand-in-hand, we were working in parallel with the marketing department. And I'm glad that I got an opportunity to do that. It wasn't the first time. It was just the first longitudinal one, the one I described as longitudinal because we were just so engaged. And I was personally responsible for managing Comerica.com, the website, I did the content management. I was doing content strategy. I was doing information architecture. And I was coming up with a lot of different user experience-related solutions across the board for things that we were doing at this great bank that was headquartered at the time in metropolitan Detroit, Michigan. And they came to us with an idea that they wanted to – I mean, there was really a lot going on back then with regard to identity theft. And, and they wanted to do something on the bank's website to help educate our customers. So they came to me and they talked about how we wanted to do this thing to show people what to do with regard to phishing emails. my memory serves me correctly, it was phishing emails in particular. That was the thing that they were concerned about. And I looked at what they brought to me. And remember, UXers were not order takers. So I respected the request, but I saw an opportunity, and instead of just focusing on that one aspect of fraud, I started looking at other things. I started looking at skimming. I started looking at uh, people who were who were doing things to steal people's information when they put their ATM card in the machine. Uh, I looked at at all different types of spam-related things that were happening. because because the the issue of of that they came to me about was not the only thing that was threatening the bank's customers from a, from a perspective of fraud. So I broadened the scope, and when I took the information that I gained from the meeting and I went back to the marketing department and I pitched something that we called at the time the Consumer Protection Resource Center. It was an educational piece that showed people about all different types of fraud-related activities That as a financial institution, I felt it was in our best interest to educate our customers that we're doing them a service by doing it. We're also, by educating the customers and empowering the customers, I felt we were going to have tremendous impact on the brand. Remember, UX plus CX equals BX. Brand experience is something that is automatically generated. It automatically comes out of what you invest in your UX and your CX-oriented initiatives. I sold this to the marketing department. They absolutely loved it. And within three, four weeks, we got all the information that we needed. We got all the content. We took care of all the, the nomenclature, the taxonomies, the, the supporting images that we needed to show people what it looks like when somebody's trying to skim your card and all the different things associated with this, the Nigerian Prince emails, all the, all these different things. We educated people about these things and this, content was live on the site for about 10 years, at least 10 years. They just sunset the content. This is 2023. They just sunset that content. It was it rolled out in 2005, 2006. They just sunset it recently. So, this was something that that empowered Comerica customers for a long time. Nobody else was doing anything. That was part of the competitive analysis I did to find out that no no other banks in the financial and banking services industry were doing anything like this. We were the first to do it, and and it was a huge hit. So this is just an example of how UX teams can work together with with, uh, marketing departments. Again, we need to respect each other we need to work together. We can stay in our own lanes and get things done, but there's gotta be some respect. There's gotta be an understanding. We are not traversing on each other's territories unless we are. And if we are, it's gonna take people who understand marketing and understand UX to help to further define what those boundaries are, what those lanes look like, and then devise perfect ways for us to, to collaborate together to drive wins for the business. Marketing is about driving wins for the business. UX is about driving wins for the business. There is no reason why marketing and UX should not work together. Now, sadly, oftentimes, it's a source of tremendous hostility at a company for the marketing and the UX departments. They're oftentimes at each other's throat. Oftentimes, they're, they're trying to to uh, stake claims on things. I've seen marketing and UX teams get together and, and UX is a, it's an, it's a discipline where you've got to be void of ego and in the creative world, which marketing happens to reside in where it's strictly creative. That's a place where your ideas, people are married to their ideas. And I've seen a lot of, a lot of really cutthroat types of things over the course of my career but again, for UX people, have your, your emotional intelligence down pat. Make sure that you're rooted and grounded in that stuff. Make sure that you use that to drive and build your relationships with your marketing people. And, and have the courage to continue trying to devise ways to optimize the way that you work together. Again, you're going to drive wins for the business. You're going to drive wins for the users. And as a user experience department, you're going to help people to gain a greater understanding for what UX brings to the table. You're going to demonstrate how how valuable that collaboration between these two groups of people really are. And it's going to help to cement UX's place in a given organization. I should say it can help to cement UX's place in a given organization. Because marketing, they're not going anywhere. (laughs) I've never seen anybody get rid of their marketing departments. No company is getting rid of marketing. You know one of the reasons why? They understand marketing. A lot of times people do get rid of their UX departments. You know why? They don't understand UX. So let's labor, be committed to helping people understand the connection between UX and marketing, and for that, we'll all be better off. I told you this was going to be a short episode, didn't I? So, folks, that's all the time we have for today. We're going to end it there just to try to 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 give some some highlights. These are some things that we that we need to understand. So in in, in wrapping up, remember, UXers, UX researchers, we're not in the business of asking people what they like better. We're in the business of putting something out there for people to test to see what functions better we're not in the business of asking stakeholders how many people they should test that is our domain that's our expertise we know how many people to test if it's qualitative you know that you don't have to to involve as many participants as if it was a quantitative study and if it's mixed then you're going to be somewhere in the middle but you never have to have as many as you would for a normal quant study but let's be the experts that we are. If you're not an expert yet, you should be on the road to expertise. But the bottom line is no matter who you are, what you're doing, let's drive relationships, let's drive value, and let's show people what UX is really made of and help people to, to embrace us instead of fighting against us or see us as somebody that's just taking up space. Because unfortunately, that's where we are today. So remember, UX and Marketing, we should coexist the strive to make things work get it got it good bar <laughs> borrowing from an old marketing pitch here today so but folks that's it for today we're going to go ahead and wrap up here so this is darren hood the host of the world of ux signing off folks until next time happy uxing everybody thanks for joining us for this session of cx of m radio